And it's Matt Turner gets a hand on it. And you can see his reaction after. He feels he should have <laughs> saved it even. But the sheer power. Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. BetQL Daily right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Wednesday Thanksgiving Eve. We'll get to the Lions and the Bills game coming up in a little bit here. Ben Brown, Pro Football Focus, will join us. And, of course, uh, we'll talk some college football. A big weekend coming up in college football here with Notre Dame USC. And, um, of course, a lot of college football, Pam Maldonado. So we will get to that. Right now, though, we have to go back to the guest line and talk some World Cup with Sebastian Salazar live from Qatar in the World Cup. Joining us on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line is Sebastian Salazar. The Phoenix is a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. Sebastian, welcome back to the show. Uh, Give us your thought on... The United States, after a draw a couple days ago against Wales, we look forward to the next match. Uh, your thoughts on the U.S. And, and their standing right now after uh, their draw a couple days ago? It was a blown opportunity. I mean, anytime you get a chance to put three points up on the board in your first game uh, and you dominate and you're leading with 10 minutes to go and it's kind of a bonehead mistake from a veteran player that costs you, I think uh, it's a tie that doesn't really kill the United States' chances. You can't lose that first game. But had they won that game, we would really be feeling good about this team getting through the group, especially with the other results uh, in that group. And, and the way that it happens, I think, is, is not a great uh, – it's not great in terms of momentum. And a lot of times in a World Cup, that's really what you rely on. So I'm very interested to see what happens with this team now against England, how they bounce back. It puts them in a more um, desperate spot against England and probably forces their hand a little bit tactically how they approach the game. They could have been really aggressive against England, which might have led us to like a high scoring game. I think now it's different. Now you just don't want to get blown out because you saw that England put up six. So that game on uh, on Friday might be a little bit cagier than we thought. Okay, so um, how, how would you approach that from the betting perspective since, since you think the, the approach from the Americans is going to be quite different uh, than what it could have been? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at some of the – so there's a really big question in this game, and, and it's something that if, if you're thinking about, you know, putting some down on this game, you should wait to find out. Harry Kane, who is England's leading striker, uh, he didn't score any of the six goals in that big game over Iran, but he had two assists. Um, he is having a scan – had a scan earlier today on his ankle. Um, he's got tradition. He's had a history of, of, of ankle issues. If he can't play, I think that dramatically changes, you know, what England is as a team. Uh, It's not to say that they won't be dangerous, that they still can't score against the Americans. But that's critical information that I think um, before we know that, you know, that's going to change everything in in terms of the perspective of this game. Generally, I think England will be looking to be short up their defense. They won six to two, but you ship two goals against Iran, and that's a problem for them. So they'll be looking to lock it down. And the United States, the way the group sets up, right, after that tie against Wales, it's probably going to come down to goal difference as to whether the United States advances or not. And just having seen what England is capable of, I don't imagine that this American team will attack as much, so they won't have as many chances to score. And I think they'll be very, very conservative. So generally, I think we're looking at an under, you know, under one and a half. It could be a one nothing. Um, definitely like an under two and a half. Those, that's where I'd be kind of looking to play on this game. The other angle in this, um, from an American standpoint, is Christian Pulisic. 
he plays in England. The English media dogs him all the time, probably because the American media hypes him up a little bit too much. Uh, at his club, Chelsea, he maybe doesn't get the respect that he feels or the American fan feels he deserves. He's going to be super motivated to prove everybody wrong in this game. He's also America's penalty kick taker. And England just gave up a penalty against Iran, and the center of their defense is vulnerable. So there very well could be a penalty for the United States in this game. It'll be Christian Pulisic that takes it. Beyond that, he'll be extra motivated. So him to score, I think, is a, a pretty good value. I think I got it at plus 400 Christian Pulisic anytime goal score. So that's something to look out for against England. Sebastian, Japan officially upsets Germany. Ooh. We're going to ask you about that in just a second. But more importantly, I'm Canadian. This is a big okay. day for us. Canada in their first World Cup match in 36 years. Tough test against Belgium today. Um, how would you look to bet this one? I obviously sprinkled the money line because I'm a homer. But I'm curious yeah. your thoughts. Uh, realistically, where would you be looking? <laughs> So, no, it's, it's, uh, it's totally fair. I, Aaron, I forgot that you were Canadian. It's great. It's a great story. Um, they're a great team. And even though they're big dogs against Belgium, let me tell you a little about some, something about Belgium. Belgium is one of these teams that always comes into the tournament as a favorite or a dark horse and always lets everybody down. And they've had this incredible generation of talent that is now very much in their last leg. So Belgium is a team that on their day, if Canada aren't careful, could very much you know, put three or four up on you. But this Canadian team is built for tournament soccer. They have wide players who are very, very dangerous one-on-one. -on -one, and they have not one, but two clinical finishers. Uh, they have a very, very good coach as well who knows how to set a team up. So I'm high on Canada in this game. At first, I was looking at Canada to win or a tie. I was seeing that at around plus 150. But I think I found a better deal. Both teams to score, no draw is plus 160. So I, I think that's, you know, depending on what your book is doing, I think that's a little bit better value and a little bit safer bet um, as well. I mentioned the clinical finishers for Canada. Anytime goal scorer, Jonathan David. He's the guy that leads the line for Canada. He's the most likely to score, in my opinion. And you got him at around plus 320. So as I look at that Canada-Belgium game, uh, I'm generally high on Canada. And from a goal scoring standpoint, Jonathan David is your guy. Sebastian, so we have Germany, uh, Japan upsetting Germany. A couple days ago, yesterday yes. morning, Saudi Arabia over Argentina. Is this just early tournament kind of wackiness, or, or is there something going on here where upsets, maybe uh, these teams were closer than the perception was? What, what's your takeaway on the two big upsets so far? I think there's, it's, it's not a coincidence, right? This is the first World Cup that's ever been played in the middle of a season. Um, and so I think for... That, that, excuse me, uh, I hope you can hear me over the, the music here. Uh, I think that what that does is it's thrown like the usual standard of a World Cup kind of out the window. We've got guys who are coming in injured, trying to like limp through a World Cup instead of feeling great. And a lot of the players that are on these big teams, these big European teams, they've been playing for almost like a year straight. Um, whereas like, for instance, of Saudi Arabia, those guys all play in the Saudi Arabian domestic league. They've been working together for a month and they've really had a nice build up to this tournament. Um, so I think there is probably more value in the underdog than, than we've been seeing here, but you have to be selective, right? Like we got a game coming up here, Costa Rica against Spain. And we can talk about that one in a little bit, Costa Rica, the underdog, Spain, the favorite, um, you have to pick the right underdogs here. And I think Japan was a very, a very obvious pick here. Germany is not the Germany that they've always been, 
and Japan is, is a country on the up and up. They, they are a really, really good team. That was a good value. I, I got to say, the, the Saudi Arabia-Argentina game, I, that, nobody saw that coming. I mean, I think it was plus 9,000 to 1 if you bet Saudi Arabia live after the Argentina first goal falls. Um, it was plus 2,500 or something before that. That's just one of those crazy days. Um, but generally what I would tell folks, you know, if you're not that familiar with betting on soccer, it's the sport that most favors the underdog. And that's obvious, right? Fewest goals, you know, basketball, there's a million possession. American football, there's a million, you know, plays. Um, in soccer, you can get totally dominated and win a game 3 nothing. Like, that's just the reality. So um, there's some value here, especially in the first games, right? Once the tournament settles in, once, once a team has kind of taken that punch, don't bet on the favorite to lose again, right? I, I wouldn't bet on Germany to lose again. I wouldn't bet on Argentina to lose again. But in these first games, you know, a Belgium-Canada is a perfect example. Like, there may be value on the dog there. Uh, Sebastian, uh, you let us into it. And our uh, viewers and listeners have about an hour to get their bets in. What about Costa Rica and, uh, and Spain coming up? Yeah. Um, so, look at this. This Spain team is very good, very talented, but they lack the thing that we were just talking about with Canada, that clinical finisher. They haven't had it in a long time. So it's a team that will boss the ball for 80, 90% of the game, but they're really just kind of passing it around the area. They're not very dangerous. They're just not a very dangerous team. Costa Rica has a guy named Keylor Navas, who is one of the best goalies in the world. He's the best, one of the best goalies in the world when he you know, plays for his club teams, but when he puts on that Costa Rican shirt, he seems to even elevate more. So I saw the under there, under two and a half at around uh, plus 140. I'm thinking this could very easily be a one nothing. You, you get more value if you go under one and a half, but this, this game, I don't think we'll see three goals. It might not even see two. So I'm thinking it's going to be a real uh, low scoring game. Costa Rica is a team that had a great defensive record in the qualifying for this tournament. And, uh, and beyond that, I think they're going to be in a space, having just seen Japan upset, where they're going to say, look, we don't want to get blown out here, right? We don't want to give Spain a classy team with a lot of skill, too many opportunities. We're going to sit back, rely on our goalie, and I think it'll be a low-scoring affair. <clears throat> what are some other matchups um, that you like, angles you like, some of your favorite plays that you've got your eye on, Sebastian? Um, yes, I mean, as we look at kind of the, the games that are coming up, I think there's a group here, um, Switzerland, um, no, no, Switzerland, Spain, yeah, no, let's talk about the Uruguay. This group is very interesting for me because you can probably still get your, you know, two advances in. Um, Uruguay, Portugal, South Korea, Ghana um, is coming up. I think Uruguay, I think I've said this before on the pod, I think I told you guys they were like uh, fourth, 400 to one or something to win a 40 to one, I think to win, right? Plus 400 to win the World Cup. They've been one of my big picks. Um, so I think they're gonna, they're gonna win and probably win easily against South Korea. I would take them even though it's, you know, minus 140 what I'm seeing now. Portugal is a team that I'm worried for. And I think there might be some value there um, in Ghana. It's a crazy, uh, you know, crazy money line if you're gonna go Ghana to win, but a draw there at plus 380 might just be a value. Portugal is a team that has a ton of attacking talent. Uh, everybody's familiar with Cristiano Ronaldo, but they have a manager who doesn't know how to use it, doesn't know how to properly like get it going. And there's also some tension within the team right now, some kind of behind the scenes stuff with Ronaldo. He's just left his club, Manchester United. One of the yeah. other stars of Portugal is a star for Manchester United. 
and they've kind of had their beef. So um, I'm just not totally sold on Portugal. And I think as we've seen these upsets kind of in the first game in these groups, that draw for Ghana might be a, a, a good value there, plus 380, plus 400, whatever you're getting it at. Sebastian, I know last time you gave out some thoughts on Golden Boot. Um, I'm looking at the odds right now. I mean, there's good odds, right? The, the, the favorite, the, the shortest number is plus 650. I mean, you go down and most of these guys are 10 to 1, 16 to 1, 25 to 1. Anything in the first few days? I know the Harry Kane injury, we'll find out on that. It's obviously significant. Anything in the first couple of days catch your eye where maybe there's some value on an individual for the Golden Boot? Yeah, I think you got to look at uh, at England now, right? Bukayo Saka. If we'd have gotten in on him uh, before that before that game, England England is a team that that has a lot of wide attacking players. They are going to share the goals, but Saka's been on the end of it, um, so I really like him. As far as kind of like what we've seen so far um, in the tournament, the only other player that I, you know, I, I think I was I was probably wrong on now, and I would say is Robert Lewandowski. He had the chance against Mexico to to take the penalty. Um, that that was a tough one there. I think. Let's see who else has really shown in this from a from a goal score standpoint that you really believe in. I don't know. I actually think we've seen like more of a of a spread of goals. I think it's actually like quite tough to. To, to pick somebody now, but um, I, I would look at the guys that haven't played yet. Darwin Nunes um, in that Uruguay group, I think, is a guy that I've that I've looked at, and um, and then maybe somebody from this this Belgium team. You know, they have a guy. You know, they have a guy in Kevin De Bruyne that's a great assist man. So so that could be another one as well. But it's tough, man. I, you know, this this first three four days have really been surprising, and I, I think a lot of the guys who are the top goal scorers have not have not really shown themselves to be that yet. So I don't know that I would adjust most of what I thought kind of on, you know, pre-tournament as far as who the, who the best goal scorers are going to be. Well, what about the team perspective as far as things opening up for certain teams to make a deep run or, or for those that didn't catch your last appearance, uh, teams that have not played yet uh, that, that you are very high on? Yeah, so from the not played yet, um, Uruguay Uruguay's still that, that best bet. I'm, I'm high on England. I think you really have to look at England now uh, as a team that can make a really deep run. Not only do they put up six uh, in their first game, but the way that their bracket sets up now is very, 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 very good for them. So they're going to get in the round of 16, a team out of Group A, which is the weakest team. And then they're going to get a France team that even though they put four up on Australia, Australia is one of the weakest teams here. And France is missing at least four, like, lockdown starters who when you're talking about France that's world-class players um, maybe five starters you know the one guy who's kind of like a you know in betweener so that would be the quarterfinal matchup right England France so now you're talking about England having an easy round of 16 matchup a quarterfinal against a depleted France and once England makes it to the semifinals which they've done you know in their last two major tournaments then they could be a, a force to be reckoned with right there so things are setting up very well for England uh, right now to make a deep run. I think that's the team that before the tournament to now has shifted the most for me. I, I wasn't really high on them before the tournament, but with what happened to France and then with what they did in the opener, I think that's maybe the data that is, that's moved the most. Um, Uruguay was a, was a great pick for me. Spain, I, 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 you know, I, I continue to believe in. I think they're, they're a team that's very, very talented despite the fact that they don't have that, that clinical goal score, you know, they will create a ton of chances and the group sets up well for them, especially now uh, 
with Germany losing. It's very likely that Spain will win the group. If they win the group, their road to the final would be much easier as well. So I like Spain, which I liked before, and I liked England, which I didn't like before. Great stuff, Sebastian. We always appreciate your time uh, and hopping on here. Check out Sebastian's show, Football Americas, every day throughout the World Cup, 4 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN+. Plus. Sebastian, thank you. Enjoy it, and we'll catch up again soon. Sebastian Salazar on the GetMyPhoenix.com. Guests on the Phoenix, a revolutionary technology, helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. We dive back to American football next. Ben Brown, Pro Football Focus, joins us next on the Beck All Network.